Welcome to the Christ Walk Podcast. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? Merry Christmas. That season is upon us, and the church is decorated, and everything is looking good, and I am excited about kicking off this series today. So if you got your Bibles or you got a smart device, I want to encourage you to turn with me or swipe with me to um, the Old Testament to the book of Isaiah. In case you're not familiar, the Bible's divided up into these two large sections. Um, the Old Testament towards the beginning of the Bible, the New Testament towards the end of the Bible. And then you've got the book of Isaiah, which is the first of a section that we refer to as the major prophets. And so we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 8 in just a few minutes. And while you're turning there, let me go ahead and make a public service announcement. There are only 17 days left until Christmas. So if you have not bought my gift yet, you need to get on the stick. What are you waiting on? You need to get out there and, and, and get what you need because I'm ready to receive it. That's what, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no doubt, chances are that here 17 days before the big day, no doubt you guys are up to your elbows in, in wrapping paper and greeting cards and family get-togethers and trying to find the, the recipe that, that you, you lost somewhere between last Christmas and this Christmas and trying to put everything together and organize the calendar and, and, and all of that stuff. And then in the middle of all of that, doing all the shopping and, and, and trying to find the perfect gift, right? But Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, but it's at this time of year, every year, that if we allow those things to to, to take precedent and and get at the forefront of the things that we are dealing with, and that can cause us to lose sight of, I'm going to switch microphones really quick. Is this better? All right, sorry about that. So we're up to our elbows and all of that stuff, and if we aren't careful, we can allow that to take precedent and take uh, move to the forefront. And then before you and I know it, it's January 6th, and we're like, what happened? We didn't get to slow down and stop long enough to experience the, the joy and the life and the hope of this Christmas season because we were trying to just check all the boxes and do all of that other stuff. And then all of a sudden we snap our fingers, we blink twice and we turn around and it's gone. And it's 2020 and we're just back into the groove and into the rhythm of our everyday lives. And we've missed out on everything that this special time of year has to offer. This is a battle that you and I face every single year. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be in a series that we're calling Searching for Christmas, where we're going to be taking a look at what the Bible has to say about the true meaning of Christmas and hopefully discovering some ways that we can find those things in the midst of all the chaos of the season that is taking place in our lives. One of my favorite things about this season is all of the decorations. I've already told you about how much I love the nativity scene and getting all of that set up, and I, I love seeing those all around the place. But um, there's there's often um, a decoration that you get to see quite quite often, just out and about everywhere you go, and that's Christmas lights. Anybody like Christmas lights? I really I love. 
I love Christmas lights. I love going and, and driving around the neighborhoods and, and just seeing what different people um, have done. And I can remember um, in the short time that we lived in St. Louis, we were there uh, for one Christmas, and um, I discovered a place in a, a very historic neighborhood on the outskirts of downtown that during the holiday season, they affectionately referred to this little neighborhood or this area as Candy Cane Lane. And so what would happen is, is the, all of the people, the residents of these homes and, and a few businesses and churches, they would get together and it was a collective effort. They would all decorate their homes and, and their yards and everything and they would cover everything in shining, blinking, twinkling Christmas lights. And then they would invite the public to come and to park along the side streets and you could just get out and walk up and down those streets and you would go house to house, place to place, and you would just take in all the sights and the decorations. And so I remember one Sunday evening getting our family all bundled up because y'all think it's cold here? It was cold. Like the weather app on my phone was like, nope. Like that's how cold it was. And we would bundle up and everything. And I remember walking up and down those side streets with a, with a hot cup of chocolate, a hot cup of cocoa in my hands and, and just taking in all the sights and, and looking at all the lights. And that is one of my favorite memories that I shared with my family during our time in St. Louis. And it seems that despite all of the lights that abound from trees and rooftops and everywhere in between during this season that for many of us, the holidays can be a really, really dark time. You might know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to anybody this morning. Sometimes the holidays can just, for some reason, just bring out the darkness. There's just something about Christmas, the Christmas season that can exacerbate or can magnify the periods of darkness that exist in our lives. Nothing can squelch a celebration quite like the loss of a loved one or maybe a severed relationship. Perhaps for you today, it's some sort of financial woes or maybe it's a health issue or the loss of a job. Maybe it's a struggle with some kind of addiction or, or the feeling that you're just alone and abandoned. You've been betrayed. Whatever the case may be, the truth is that for a lot of us, the Christmas season can lead us to a pretty dark place, and that can be downright scary. And this is nothing new to any of us. Fear of the dark is something that, that most children deal with, and for the vast majority of us, even, even adults, whether, we will, uh, whether we're, we're willing to admit it or own up to it or not, that, that we're still even like we've never been completely cured or gotten over that from when we were kids. We're all afraid of the darkness in some capacity. And did you know that there are actually scientific studies out there that have, have shown that, that we're actually hardwired to be afraid of the dark. Scientists believe that it stems back really from the time of the caveman, in essence, when, when darkness meant that we were open and, and vulnerable to being eaten because we were, we were not the top of the food chain. And so there were predators that lurked around and they would often hunt in the darkness. So anytime the darkness showed up, then that brought on the potential that we were being hunted by lions and tigers and bears. There you go. You guys are paying attention this morning. I wrote that in just to see if you would respond in that capacity. 
And so that, that innate fear that was built in during that time, which when, when darkness came, that, that brought on danger. And so whenever the darkness showed up, that meant that, that, that it was dangerous. And so we developed a fear of it because we were afraid of the darkness as, as a, a, a mechanism that we used to keep ourselves safe. And, and then over time, that got built in and that innate fear got passed down from generation to generation. And it remains a part of our lives today, despite the fact that most of us, whenever the darkness sets in, we just go inside our homes and we curl up in our warm beds and there is no fear of outside forces or outside danger taking advantage of us in the middle of the night. But this fear of the dark, or I think you pronounce this word, occluophobia, is what it's become known in the scientific term. It's, it's got very little to do with the darkness itself and a whole lot more to do with how we get triggered and, and how the, the brain's imperception of what might happen as a result of the darkness. Does that make sense? It's not actually the fact that it's dark, but it's whenever we see darkness, we, we begin to wonder about the things that could happen as a result of the darkness. And they've, they've done several different types of studies of how humans respond to prolonged periods of darkness over the years. And they'll place people in these, in these chambers or some uh, uh, back several years ago, they were done in, even in caves where they would kind of isolate people and, and put them in dark places where they wouldn't experience natural light or any light for, for days or even weeks on end. To see what would happen. And, and people have described that, that they're in the middle of the darkness. That they would start to see things like zebras would show up in the room with them. Or they would begin to believe that they were being bitten by swarms of mosquitoes all around them. Or, or they, they, would, they would believe things like it, it felt like they were on an airplane or, or a spaceship that was, that was taking flight off the ground. And they were soaring into the stratosphere the middle of the dark and, 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 and people would lose track of time. Days would go by and these people, they would think that it was weeks or weeks would go by and people would think that it was only days. And then things start to mess up with people's sleep cycles and, and people that have been exposed to prolonged periods of absolute darkness that they could sleep for, for anywhere to 30 to 48 hours at a time and think once they woke up that they were only asleep for just a short nap, just 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a little power nap, but yet they've been out for two days. Darkness has that effect on us. And darkness is scary because it distorts our reality. It messes with our depth perception. It impairs our judgment. It causes us to believe that things are actually different than what they really are. Because sharpness and clarity have been removed from the situation. And so our minds begin to wonder, not about the darkness itself, but about what might be lurking just beneath the mask of it. The nation of Israel found itself in a place of darkness quite often in the scriptures. And, and one such part of these instances is recorded in the book of Isaiah in chapter 8, beginning with verse 20, where the prophet Isaiah declares this. He says, look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. 
They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven and down to the earth, but wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark and despair. They will be thrown out into the darkness. Maybe your life feels like that today. Maybe you're here and, and in this particular moment right here, you feel like that outside the walls of this church is nothing but complete and utter darkness. That at the close of this service, you're going to step out those doors and you're going to pick that back up. That the, the situation that you've been walking through and that you find yourself in currently, it's, it's taken its toll, it's left you weary, and the very thing that you need has gone unmet. Perhaps the darkness of your life has, has gotten so bad that you've begun to shake your fist at God, wondering why he hasn't already moved on your behalf. Maybe you said, God, it, it looks like everywhere that I turn is nothing but trouble and anguish and despair. But I came to tell somebody that in the midst of your darkness, there is hope for you today. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the night is always darkest just before the dawn. And the good news is, is that Isaiah doesn't end with chapter 8. It continues in chapter 9 where Isaiah writes, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery, and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse 5. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. And here is the promise for you and for me today. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Here's what Isaiah tells the people. He says, for a time, you're, you're going to be in darkness. 
He's particularly talking to um, the, 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 the areas of Israel of, of Zebulun and Naphtali, who they were the first people that were overthrown by the Assyrian army, and they were taken captive, and, and they were oppressed, and they were, they were made slaves, and they were pushed down and held back. And, and he's saying, you've experienced this time of darkness, but even though you believe that it has come uh, and, and that it's never going away, the, that time will come to an end. And so he's, he's bringing hope to them. And he, he's saying that this time of darkness that you have experienced is going to come to an end. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And when you get there, no longer are you going to be enslaved. No longer are you going to be weighed down. No longer are you going to be oppressed. And he says this light that is coming into the world that's going to shine in this darkness, that it's going to come in like a mighty warrior with a big shield. And so, No, that's not what he says. He says there's a baby coming. And I know what you might be thinking, and, and surely the people of Israel were like, Isaiah, look, you don't get it. You don't understand what we are dealing with right here. We need something more than just a little baby. We need a mighty warrior to come in. And Isaiah said, well, well, a child is coming. For us, a son is born. To us, a son is given. And this child, he's going to come in and he's going to be large and in charge. And, and, and the government's going to be on his shoulders. That means the, the authority and the ability, the, the right to rule and reign is going to be on him. And he's going to come in and he's going to take charge. And he's going to establish dominance over your oppressors. This little baby. Something interesting about this particular passage that is often quoted during this Christmas season is that Isaiah writes it to the people some 700 years before Jesus ever shows up on the scene. But yet when you go back and you look at things in the original language, what he's doing, he's actually using words that, that, that would, would describe that this thing is, is, is currently happening. Or some people would even say that it's past tense, that it's already happened. That that is how sure Isaiah was about what he's prophesying to the people of Israel. This is his hope and his confidence that this thing for, for unto us a son is born. Not is going to be born. He is born. For unto us a child is given. That it's happening right now even though it's some 700 years before it actually does. And this is Isaiah's hope and his hope and his confidence in the word of the Lord for the people of Israel is our hope and our confidence today. That unto us a child has come who is the light of the world. And for those of us who are lost and wandering in the midst of our darkness, he is wonderful counselor who will bring advice and direction and show us the way that we need to go. For those of us who have become weak and weary due to the struggle in the middle of our darkness, he is mighty God who has come to bring strength and endurance and perseverance so that we can make it through. To those of us who have felt left alone or, or abandoned or outcast or unloved, in the middle of our darkness, he is coming as everlasting father. 
who will introduce a relationship of love and acceptance. What he's coming to do is to wrap his arms around us and welcome us into his family. For those of us who find ourselves stressed out and maxed out and burned out in the middle of our darkness, he has come as the prince of peace today to bring calm and to bring rest and to bring a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. That word prince, it, it literally means governor or overseer or administrator that, that like he's going to come in and that's what he's going to establish. That's what he's going to bring about. That's what he's going to start handing out to people. That the result of being under his rule and under his reign is that we get to walk in peace. And it's by his passionate commitment to you and to me. Listen to this. Isaiah says that it's, it's the, the Lord who is over heaven's armies. He's committed to you. He's committed to me. And it's through that passionate commitment that this is going to come to pass. Turn to your neighbor and say, in the middle of your darkness, he's committed to you. In the middle of our darkness, he is committed to us. And now we fast forward some 700 years. And we find ourselves in the middle of some pasture land outside of a sleepy little town called Bethlehem. Where some shepherds are watching their flocks. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, Luke writes... He says, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I don't know about you this morning, but I I find it interesting that Jesus, once he decided to come to this earth, that he could have shown up during any period that he chose, but yet he chose in the middle of the night, right in the midst of the darkness. And that he could have come into this earth as any figure that he chose to come into, a Herculean warrior. But instead, he chose a little baby. And when he showed up in the middle of the night, in the form of a little baby, in that sleepy little town of Bethlehem, his mama took him, she wrapped him up in cloths, And she laid him in a manger. 
some translations use the word or the term swaddling clothes. That's what she put him in. You know why you swaddle a baby? So he can go to sleep. So think about this. This is how Jesus chose to show up. In the middle of the night, under the cloak of darkness, as a little baby. And when he came in, he just laid down and went to sleep. That lets us know. right there in the middle of that darkness he was at peace he was able to rest and that's what he brings to you and to me this Christmas season the gospels go on to declare in John chapter 1 where John writes in the beginning the word already existed the word was with God and the word was God He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. And here's the kicker. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You need to realize something this morning. Jesus isn't afraid of our darkness. He's not worried about it because he is the light. And wherever the light is, the darkness cannot coexist alongside of it. Jesus has come into this world as the light. He has stepped down into our darkness so that we could see him. And so that we could see what's holding us back. And so that we could see the way that we could get free of it. darkness that you're facing today, no matter how thick, no matter how deep, no matter the source, it is not too much for him to overcome in your life today. And because he has overcome the darkness, that means that through him, we can overcome the darkness. And if you and I will search for Jesus in the midst of our darkness, we'll find him. And he will bring us peace. Because he has overcome the darkness through him. We can overcome the darkness. And if we'll just look for him in the midst of it, we'll find him. yourself in a situation where you would say you know Pastor Blake my my life is full of turmoil and chaos and I'm in the midst of the darkness right now and, and quite frankly have been for some time and I see no way out the first step that you need to take is to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ that's why he came in the first place It's the greatest gift that was ever given and it's the greatest gift that you could ever receive. 
So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If that's you here this morning, and you would say, Pastor Blake, that's what I want. I want to receive the gift, the greatest gift that was brought on that first Christmas all those many years ago. That gift that came down in the form of a baby in the middle of the darkness and was wrapped in those swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. That is the gift that I want to receive today. And and I want for the first time to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up really quickly? Just hold it up and you can put it right back down. Is there anyone else? If that's you today, and you raised your hand, or even if you didn't raise your hand and say, I'm ready to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. To have him to come in and cleanse me of all my sin. To shine the light in the dark places of my life so that I can have a way out and spend eternity with him in heaven forever and ever. If that's you, I, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you need the words, they're gonna be up on the screen behind me. Would you just pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. And I choose to follow Jesus and his way rest of my life. Perhaps you're here today and maybe you've been a Christ follower for some time, but you're just walking through a season of darkness right now and you just can't seem to shake it. The light has come so that you don't have to live in darkness. Jesus is here in this place with us. His presence is here with us this morning. So as the band continues to lead us in worship, if that's you, say, Pastor Blake, I'm in a dark place in my life today, but I'm ready to step into the light and give it all over to the one who came to set me free of that. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. As the band leads us in worship, I want to invite everyone to stand. If that's you this morning, these altars are open. You can come and stand or kneel. Love the opportunity to pray with you today that light would come and meet you in the midst of your darkness this morning. So let's stand and let's worship. If you're going through the darkness this morning, I invite you to come and step into the light today in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We hope you were inspired by the message. For more information, visit www.thechristwalk.com.